Well, I'm excited for this series. Uh, we're, we're starting a new series this week in the month of uh, this month called Anxious About Nothing. Anxious About Nothing. Now, if you've been around here, I've been pretty uh, upfront and kind of share my own experience and kind of want to talk about why, why are we talking about this. And one reason it matters is because I hear you talk about it a lot. Uh, to me personally, posting online, it matters to me because I've experienced it in my own life and I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with the anxiety that I have in my own life in a healthy way. Uh, if you were here probably five years ago, uh, I was sitting in my office and I had my feet up on my desk and my wife was in our food pantry and she was organizing it and I had this feeling come over me that, that I was kind of having some chest pains and, and my breathing started happening, you know, going really quick and my feet kind of felt numb and my, my whole body just felt kind of odd. And I, and I did what I thought was best. I just hollered down the hallway to Heather and I said, hey, I'm not feeling well, I'll be right back. And I don't know why I thought that was what was best, but now looking back, I just wasn't in my, my right mind in that moment. But I told Heather I wasn't feeling well, I'll be right back. And I proceeded to, to leave here and, and go to uh, urgent care. And, and as I go into urgent care, I begin to, to tell them I'm not feeling well. And, and I told them I was having chest pains. And their response was, well, because you're having chest pains, you need to go to the emergency room. And I said, okay. And I got back in my car at the urgent care on, uh, on Lindbergh. And I began driving down Lindbergh. And then I thought, well, if I could just get to a schnooks and test my blood pressure, I think I'll be okay. And so I, this is all very real. And so I, I walk into schnooks and I walk to the blood pressure machine and there's a sign that says out of order. And at this point, if you haven't realized it, I'm, I'm having a panic attack, right? And my anxiety is just on edge. And from there to another urgent care, I don't remember driving. I, I don't remember getting to the next urgent care. And I walked into that urgent care, and I told them what was going on. And their response was, are, are you feeling anxious about anything? No, no, I'm not anxious about, about anything. And at that point, they said, well, we're not letting you leave until your wife comes and picks you up. And it was this point when I realized that I had an issue. I had some things that I had kind of stuffed down for a long time. And it was just about the time I transitioned from being the youth pastor to the lead pastor. And it was just pressure and expectations and sometimes things that didn't even really make sense. But I was realizing that that, that even wasn't my first panic attack, right? There had been times I had called 911 and the ambulance had come and picked me up from my house because I thought I was having a heart attack. And so looking back, there were different levels of panic attacks that I had experienced, all stemming from my anxiety and just the things that I was worried about. And this looking back, that didn't just start, you know, five years ago, even 10 years ago. Even as a kid, I was an anxious kid. Uh, I was anxious about going to sleep at night because I wasn't sure if I'd continue to keep breathing when I fell asleep. I was anxious anytime I stepped onto a a field to play a sport, there was this overwhelming anxiety, not just nervousness, but, but anxiety speaking in front of people. Uh, it, was, it was physically ill if I had to speak in front of a crowd. And so I've dealt with this for a long time, and, and I felt like no one ever really talked about it, right? No one talked about it. 
there were some people who would talk about feeling worried or upset. And I grew up in a family of mental illness, of depression and anxiety, but, but really wasn't ever talked about. And so for me, I just always felt like, well, I'll just eventually hopefully get over it until I could no longer get over it. And so I, I, I want us to talk about it because it needs to be talked about. It, it needs to be a conversation that if you're struggling, that, that there's no stigma towards sharing with someone how you're feeling. And that there's help. And so this morning, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're, we're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about worry. And, and there's a difference. There's a difference between worry and, and feeling anxious or anxiety. Uh, worry often stays in our head where anxiety fills the whole body. Worry often is specific. Oh, man, I'm stuck in traffic. I think I'm going to be late for my flight. Where anxiety is, man, I'm really worried just about traveling in, in general. Worry leads us to think about solutions normally. We have a worry, okay, what am I going to do about it? Anxiety is more the hamster wheel, uh, right? You, you just kind of continue in this motion, not really getting anywhere or to any solutions. Uh, worry often feels like it's controllable. There's something I can do about it where anxiety is a real loss of control. And, and usually it's the fear of losing control. Um, that, that, that's anxiety. Worry, it can be a struggle through the day, but anxiety often leaves us incapable of doing really anything. Um, we, we don't know what to do next. Uh, often for me, anxiety was the, the feeling, and this is where the image comes from, kind of this feeling of drowning, right? You're just under the surface, right? You can kind of see where you want to get, and so it's this image of reaching out and a hope that someone will grab your hand and pull you out of that season or out of that moment that you find yourself in. And so sometimes these things are small. Uh, sometimes they can seem somewhat insignificant, especially to someone on the outside. Maybe you've told someone you're anxious or worried and like, why are you anxious about that, right? For you, it feels like it's a big deal, but maybe people on the outside just don't, under, they don't understand or maybe it is a major event. But there, there's all kinds of things we can be anxious about. Even just on Friday, uh, I went and got my beard trimmed. Well, I went to my main place, I get my beard trimmed, and I pull up, and he was out of town, right? And I'm like, I'm going out of town, I'm speaking next week. I'm like, I have to, I have to get my beard trimmed, right? I don't have hair to take care of, and so I take pride in this right here. And so I was like, Bobby's got to do my, my beard. And so then I knew of another barber, and I was, I was already feeling anxious. And so I'm like, okay, I know a little bit about this guy. So I go out there, and I sit in his chair, and he asks me what, he want, what I want, and I tell him. And then he doesn't do it like Bobby does it, right? He, he takes them and just starts cutting them. And, and, and for you, you're like, okay, no big, no big deal. But there was not just a worry for me. There was like my heart rate begins to go up, and, and anxiety really deals with the what-ifs, right? If you're not a person who deals with anxiety, part of this series is hopefully going to equip you to help someone who deals with anxiety, because I know not everyone does. We all worry. We all worry. There are probably times where your level of worry moves into feeling anxious, but, but maybe you just need help. How do I deal with someone who's, who's anxious? And so in that moment, it was... Not panic attack, but I was like, oh man, he is messing up my, my beard. Well, what if I got to shave it all off after this, right? And so he didn't do great. I had to fix it, but it's not the end of the world. But in the moment, right, little thing becomes big thing. And so that, that's kind of the pattern that often happens with 
anxiety. I, like I said, I'm speaking at the university I graduated from on Tuesday. I'm anxious, feeling anxious about that. I get anxious about sickness for myself and sickness for other people. I'm, I'm anxious when I think there might be conflict. Not that there is conflict, but just anxious of the what if there is conflict. I asked this week, you guys, uh, what makes you anxious? And these are some of the responses. Fitting everything in that needs to be done. Right? Just not feeling like there's enough time professionally, family, spiritually, personally, needing sleep, friends, fitness. Like, how, how do I make time for that? And, and it begins to, to feel like we need to be anxious about that. Anxious about our future. Anxious about being a good wife and mom. Right? Anxious about being a good husband or father. I feel that. Anxious about people's expectations. Like, saying you're sorry a lot to people often will be a sign of this expectations that you think people have of you unfair often and not living up to it. And so then you begin to be anxious. And so then, like, there might possibly someone who is upset with you. And so there's this feeling you have to say sorry, right? The, the people expectations, the physical well-being of our kids, being judged by others. Man, what if they don't like me? What if they make fun of me? What if they don't want to be around me, our finances, aging parents, and then I love it, someone was just like, everything, right? Like, let's just, let's just lump everything, because there's all kinds of reasons that we can be anxious, and you could add to the list. You could add your thing. So here, here's something that, here in the very beginning, that I think is important for us to kind of pay attention to as we think about anxiety, uh, and, and even worry, I heard someone say that we often live in two worlds. We either live in the regret of the past or in the anxiety of the future. We live in the regret of what has happened, right? We, we live in the, man, I think I ruined that relationship. Or, man, I, I wish I would have done things differently, or I wish I would have made that choice. And so we get stuck, and we live in that place, which can actually also lead us to, to feeling of being anxious about what we've done and the consequences of that. Uh, or we, we live in fear or in anxiety of what could happen tomorrow or next week or month or year. We often live in one of those two those two places. And so I, I want to read just a, a couple of scriptures because this is really important. I think this, that what we're talking about today is kind of um, a preview of what we're going to be talking about. So there's some important things as we get started that we pay attention to because they're going to impact everything else that we, we talk about. Uh, Philippians 3, so Paul, we're, we're really going to be looking at one of Paul's um, texts that is going to be looked at every week, probably one of the most important texts for me. Uh, but, but this is Paul also, and it's in the same letter. It's Philippians 3. If you don't own a Bible, there should be a Bible around you somewhere. Uh, that's our gift to you. Please, please take that. The page number will be up there. But it says this, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. He says, Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize 
for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If you don't know who Paul is, Paul uh, hated Christians, persecuted Christians, was arresting Christians. Uh, he played a role in the, the beating of Christians. This is what Paul was doing. Paul thought he was doing it for a good reason, uh, but this was Paul's life. And then Paul has an encounter with Jesus, and his life is changed. And it would have been very easy for Paul to live in this place of, man, I cannot believe everything I did. I can't believe all those people. He probably had the images of those people. He maybe knew the names of those people. He asked for permission to go into homes and pull people out. He probably could replay those in his mind. And he finally just gets to a point where he says, look, I know what God is wanting to do in my life. I know where I'm heading. And if I'm going to get there, I have to forget about my past. I can't live in the regret of what I have done. And in that moment, and in your moment when this comes up, you have to be reminded of the forgiveness of God. Maybe over and over again. Maybe you've already been forgiven, you've received that forgiveness, and it creeps back in your mind, and you want to move in and live in that place again. And in that moment, you say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, I'm forgetting what is behind. I'm I'm forgiven, and I'm going to live into that. And Paul is saying, you have to press forward because there's something God has for you. And then you have Jesus, right? The, the one whom we follow and we consider the wisest to ever live, the one who loves us and cares for us. He says this in Matthew 6, 34. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. This is Jesus. He says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you may not feel like that's very encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> what Jesus is saying is, when you live into the future and the what-ifs, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. You have today. And actually, at one point, when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, the line in there says, give us this day. This day, our daily bread. Not, hey, hey Jesus, what I need tomorrow? Would you give me today what I need tomorrow? No, he just says... Just what do you need today? And it's more than just food of bread. It is strength, comfort, peace. What what do you need today? And so we see Jesus teaching very clearly. It's today. Concern yourself with today. A devotional from uh, YouVersion. If you don't have YouVersion app on your phone, I would highly encourage you to download that. There are numerous Bible studies about worry and anxiety. I've done a lot of them. Uh, this, this one was sent to me this week. It said this, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow or stress or fear or the unknown, but it empties today of its strength. And let me say it again. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. So, so we want to begin to n- not live in the regret of our past. And we cling to the forgiveness we believe to be true. And if you've never done that, if you've never believed that, that no matter what you've done, the love of God is bigger and better than anything. What God has done through Jesus on the cross covers all of that. And so you receive that, you accept that, and you are forgiven. And so we remind ourselves of that. A- and then... As we think about worry and anxiety, so much of that has to do with what's next, the future. 
And so we, we have to move from being consumed by that to just today. Now, as we look at this, there's all kinds of levels. And so you're going to have to kind of go through this series where you're at in your world. Uh, if worry is something you're overwhelmed by, you maybe don't think it's anxiety or not really anxious, but worry. We hear Jesus here saying, don't worry, right? And we'll look more about that in the next coming weeks. What, what does that mean to not really worry? But, but maybe you're at a place where it's a little stronger than just the, the worry. And maybe you find yourself uh, feeling anxious. Maybe panic attacks is something that you've experienced. So in the midst of this series, you, you put yourself in it. Or if you know someone, what does it look like to help someone navigate that in their, their life? And so I want to give you some tangible things in this series. Uh, it, it's not going to just simply be a bunch of ideas in the sense of head knowledge. The, the hope is it enters into our hearts and then out into our lives. Like what, what can we do to really help ourselves deal with those feelings that we, that we have? Uh, we're going to look at what it looks like to pray. I'm going to read the scripture in a moment. Paul's going to say prayer is one of the things that we do when we're feeling anxious. What does it look like to pray in the midst of our anxiety and worry? How do we do that? Um, we're going to look at how do we change our perspective. Perspective often needs to be changed. Uh, how can we find comfort when our perspective changes? And so this is hopefully what's going to help us. And then at the end, and, and using Instagram and Facebook, what questions do you have? Right? At the end of this series, what did I not hit and what do we need to talk about? And so if you don't follow us on Instagram, I'd encourage you to do that. We'll use stories for you guys to be able to give us some things that you want us to talk about. But here's the deal. I don't think this is going to just immediately solve everything for you, right? I wish it would. I wish I could. Uh, but but I, I can't. It's going to take work. It really is. It's going to take you daily doing what you think God is asking you to do. I've learned in my own life when I become lax, and this is what we're going to talk about today, and, and this one is really important for me. And even as a pastor, I fail in what we're going to talk about today often. Uh, but, but you're going to have to work the things we talk about, and then you may need more help. You might need more help. You might need to see a therapist. You might need to see a counselor. That's what I did. And obviously... Um, honestly, was probably one of the most important decisions I've ever made in my life, was, was to say, I need someone else who can help me. And for some reason, in the church, we have this stigma that we, we don't do that. Like, if I just have enough faith, if I just don't doubt, if I just believe enough, then, then those things will go away. But that's not necessarily true. Sometimes they don't. So you go to a doctor when you're sick, you have a stomach pain, you go to a doctor, and there's people who are great at helping you process your emotions and how you're feeling and your experiences. And so I would encourage you to see a therapist. Just listen to this scripture, uh, Proverbs, if that's in there. Proverbs 19.20, it says this, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. You may not hear another thing I say today or even in this series, if the only thing you hear is, if you need to see a counselor, please see one. There's nothing wrong with it. It actually could be extremely helpful and life-changing for you. For your own health, for your marriage, for your kids. Do you need to see someone? Do it. Be wise. Become wise. 
Okay, listen to uh, what Paul says, uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Uh, like I said a minute ago, this has been one of the most important scriptures for me. Uh, this is one that I have in my mind and I come back to often. Uh, this will be kind of the foundation for our series. We'll pull chunks out of this and then I'll apply other scriptures to it uh, each, each week for us to hopefully better understand it. Uh, but it's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, let me just point out something really quickly as we get started. Uh, there's a line I don't like in this scripture. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It's really hard for me when I read it, and you may know what that is, but verse 6, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. And for, for many of us, we would say, man, I'm anxious about everything. So is it actually possible? Like, is it actually possible not to be worried about anything? Can we move into a point where we're anxious for nothing? And I think we can. I think it takes work, and it's hard, and I think Paul would say it's a reminder. If you feel anxious, what do you do? Don't, don't be anxious about anything. But it's the four words. It's the four words right before this that we're just going to look at really quickly today. And those four words are, the Lord is near. I think this is why Paul says, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. The Lord is near. When you are consumed and overwhelmed and you, you don't know what tomorrow looks like, when the what-ifs come, when you lay in bed at night exhausted but you can't sleep because that thing keeps running through your mind, right? Paul would say, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. See, here, here's what's really important. At Christmas, we, we often talk about this, but then I think we forget it. At Christmas, we will sing songs with the word Emmanuel. Right? Some of the greatest carols that we can sing have that in there. And it means God with us. And so it's a reminder, Paul says, this is what you believe. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is what you believe, that God is with us through Jesus. So the Lord is near, be anxious for nothing. And we see that God is a sending God. And what I mean by that is God sends Jesus Jesus leave, God, God sends the Holy Spirit to us, and God sends the church. God is a sending God. Uh, we see this happen in 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 19, uh, page numbers on there, Old Testament, kind of towards the front. We see this story about a, a prophet named Elisha. Uh, he's a political activist, he's a revolutionary guy, and he finds himself in some trouble. Uh, Jezebel uh, isn't happy with the actions of Elisha, and he wants him dead. Uh, actually, she prays to the gods, not, not who we would consider the god of Elisha, but just prays to the gods that they would punish her if she hasn't taken Elisha out by morning. And Elisha knows this and hears it. Talk about worry and fear. 
being anxious, uh, this actually gets Elisha to a point where he begs the Lord to take his life. So just side note, often in our worry, when it goes into the anxiety, we don't always think rationally, right? He's afraid of dying, and he says, God, would you just take my life, right? He's not necessarily thinking rationally in this moment, but he is at a point where he's like, I'm, I'm done. I don't know if I can go one more day, and he goes on the run, and he, he's on the, the move for 40-plus days. Some say he would have walked a few hundred miles during this time. And he just happens to find himself at Mount Sinai, which is also known as the Mountain of God. And he decides to take a nap in the cave. Remember, he's tired, he's on the run, he's hungry, he's living in fear and anxiety about many things. And in 1 Kings 19... Verse 9 says this, There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. He, in this moment, the emotions, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, he is presenting that to God. And this is God's response. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and says, what, what are you doing here? What, what's going on? Elijah explains how he's feeling, and God's response is, hold on. I'm coming. I'm going to pass by. It says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Have you ever just wanted that? Like, you, you want it broadcast so you know what God is saying or wanting for you? Like, I need to hear loudly from God. I, I'm in despair and I need something now. But he, but he wasn't in the wind. And it says, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. It says, when Elijah heard it, so it's not in the wind, it's not in the earthquake, it's not in the fire, but in the whisper, Elijah hears it. He says he pulls his cloak over his face. He went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He asked the same question. The, the word of the Lord got asked the same question two times. Elijah gives the same answer two times. Here's what I think the difference is. The first time, Elijah thinks God is way out there or knows he's way out there. Right? And I get the picture that Elijah is yelling out to God. Here's my concerns. Jezebel wants me dead. I might not make it till tomorrow. What is going on? I have no one else around me. God says, hold on. I'm going to come near to you. And it's in a, it's in a whisper. I, I, was, uh, I, I watch and listen to it as much as I can when it comes to anxiety and worry and 
Craig Rochelle, a pastor in Oklahoma City, he, he talks about the reason this, has, this happens, that it's a whisper and not an yell, is because God wants to be near to Elijah. He's close to us. And so I think for some of you, as we go into this series, I think some of you have to begin to change what you think about God. Because I, I think... I think the things that you experience, the cares, the concern you have, I, I often think you wonder, does God care? Is God concerned about the things that concern you? And as a good father, is God being a good father? I think he does. It concerns you? You care about that? God does too. And he doesn't stay off in the distance hollering out to you, but he comes near to us because he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety. Throw all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's interesting as you read the scriptures, there, there's a lot of this kind of talk. God, God knows the heart of his people. God knows that we'll be anxious about many things that we'll be anxious possibly about everything. But the instruction is that we give our anxieties to God. We cast them on him because he cares for us, that he will draw near to us. And so my hope as we move into this, as, as we look at some more like tangible things that we do, you first begin to believe that God is near to you and he cares about you, that you're not on your own. That as you lay in bed at night with that voice speaking, there's a God who cares and is concerned. So here's what I want you to do. One, come back. Come back. This is a really important series as we build on it every week. I hope you'll make a point to come back. And if you can't be here on one of the weekends in September, it's okay. But I would encourage you to listen to the message. Uh, this is going to be an important series, I think, in your life. Um, I know it is in mine, and so I don't want you to miss what we've talked about. And then some more tangible things. One, stop living in the regrets of the past. You've done what you've done. Things have happened. When you receive forgiveness, and maybe you haven't, maybe today is the day that you acknowledge your wrong, you acknowledge the decisions you've made, you believe in God's forgiveness, and then you live in that. You believe in that forgiveness, and so you're no longer living in the regret of your past, or the anxiety of the unknown future. That you work really hard to just be present and live in today. And when something creeps in, you acknowledge it. And in the moments of worry, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, you begin to say, God, I'm just thankful that you're near to me right now. Simple. Just acknowledge that God is near to you. I know in my anxious thoughts that you're with me. Paul says, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious. So just put that into practice. Recognize God's care and concern for you as a good father. The things that concern you also concern the heart of God. I'm going to pray for us. Justin's going to come up and uh, close us in our we sing. As he does that, if you need to see a counselor or a therapist and you don't have one, uh, call me, text me, email me. I'll do all I can to help you do that. If you're not sure if you should see a therapist, come talk to me. Let's flesh things out, and, and I'll probably tell you to go see a therapist. <laughs> right? I think we all need to, so just 
come, we'll talk through things, and then I'll just say, I think it might be a good idea for you to talk to someone better than I can help you at this point. But just do that. Okay? Deal? Stand, I'm going to pray for us. God, I'm so thankful that uh, you are near to us, that no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what our care is, cares look like, no matter the anxiety or the worry, uh, I'm thankful that the heart of yours is to care about those things. And so, God, would you help us to cast our cares on you, the concerns, our anxieties, because you care for us. And Lord, I I pray for the people in the room who maybe this feels like a foreign idea, um, that that maybe um, at some point or for whatever reason this hasn't been a struggle for them. God, we praise you for that. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, But maybe they know people who are, and so I pray that through this series, you'll really equip them uh, to be able to navigate this with their family or their friends, a co-worker who maybe struggles with worry and anxiety. I I pray that this September, this month that we're in, God, that you'd speak to us about this, that you would encourage us, we'd find hope in the midst of all of these things. And then, God, I pray for my friends here today who specifically live in the regret of the past. Uh, I pray that this morning, maybe for the first time, they'd accept your forgiveness, that they would believe that they are made new and clean, and that they will live a different life simply because they believe that you love them and care for them and have forgiven them. And so I pray that that happens in the lives of my friends today. God, thank you again. Uh, we, We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.